You're watching the community MMA. In the women's strawweight division at Noche UFC, your first fight of the night, you got Josephine Nutson coming in at 6 0, taking on Marnik Man, who comes in at 6 1. Now, Nutson, three inches taller at 5 3. She's 27. Her opponent's 30. When you get into uh, the reach, that's an advantage for Man by 4 inches, 64 to 60. Now, Marnik Man is a southpaw. She's going to fight left handed, where Nutson is a right handed fighter. So, we'll see how uh, that matchup plays out when you get into significant strikes and activity that's going to lean towards Nutson 2.9 significant strikes per minute to two for Marnik Mann but Marnik Mann has an advantage on the ground because she's landed more than a takedown uh, and a half per round where Nutson lands one per round but takedowns are going to be a big deal in this one uh, hopefully there's a finish or the fans won't be happy in the first fight of the night that's for sure now Nutson though 100% takedown defense in back-to-back -back wins versus Isis Verbeek by decision. Both of these coming, well, one was at the Contender Series. The other one was Road to UFC, where she beat Yadam CO by decision. But the bottom line is she's winning, and she landed five takedowns in those two fights. On the other end, Marnik Mann lost to Bruno Brazil, not a bad fighter, by second-round KO. So she's getting another opportunity here. But this one won't be close. I mean, Josephine Knudsen is just better. Forget the stats. At the end of the day, Josephine Nutson is going to be a much better fighter. And Marnik Mann, despite having three takedowns in her last fight, gave up two. So against Nutson, that's not going to do. That's just not going to do it. Because Nutson is going to be much better on the ground than her previous opponent. And the American, Marnik Mann, will struggle in this one. Josephine Nutson uh, will get off and win this fight in dominating style. But... When I say dominating style, it could still go to a decision because there's going to be a lot of ground time here, a lot of control time. So Nutsen either gets the uh, submission victory, early KO, or if this thing gets into the second and third round, it's likely a decision victory. But in my opinion, she wins and moves to 7-0 here. Women's strawweight division, Noche, UFC. In the lightweight division at Noche, UFC, this fight going down early in the night. You got Alex Reyes coming in at 13-3, the American taking on fellow American. Charlie Campbell, who comes in at 7-2. and two. Now, neither fighter has much experience in the UFC. Campbell uh, is one inch taller, though, at 6 feet. He's 28. Reyes, 36. When you look at the reach, it's basically even. Both guys stand right-handed. So it all looks pretty even so far. But in significant strikes, Charlie Campbell so far 9.3 per minute to 4.6 for Reyes. Takedown game, non-existent at least in a UFC setting. And that's what we're focusing on when we're talking about the stats. But you got to take the stats with a grain of salt because both guys have just one uh, fight in a UFC setting at minimum. Reyes lost to Mike Perry by first round KO. So he was in the octagon for a minute, 19 seconds, and that fight didn't go very long at all. On the other end, Charlie Campbell uh, fought at Dana White's Contender Series and lost to Chris Duncan, who proved to be a pretty darn good fighter. Lost to him by first round KO. So we don't know a lot about these guys. And Reyes hasn't been in the UFC since 2017. Uh, it might have a lot to do with. This is the UFC's 18th week in a row of fighting. Right? They're, they're really reaching in the bag to pull out whoever they can get to fight. Because they're running out of fighters. At least it appears that way. In this fight. And these are tough ones because it's hard to make a prediction. But 
you know, I'm going to lean with Charlie Campbell because of the numbers. I mean, this guy's shown that he's very active. Uh, even though he's been in the octagon a short amount of time, looking at some of his other fights, he's very active in the octagon. He's throwing a lot of punches. And to me, he's just going to outpace Alex Reyes. And Reyes is 36 years old, though. So his back is against the wall. He may come in here, uh, you know, obviously looking to win this thing. But even if he does, you know, he's getting older now. He's on the downward slide and, you know, hasn't really fought in the UFC other than one time. So I'm leaning and really rooting for Charlie Campbell because he's just 28 and still got an opportunity. But you're talking about the lightweight division, the toughest division in the UFC. You better come in and bring it in this one. And Charlie Campbell will. <laughs> Nearly 10 significant strikes per minute. He's going to win this thing by KO, in my opinion, to move to 8-2 and two here. Lightweight division. Noche UFC. In the women's flyweight division at Noche UFC, you got Tracy Cortez coming in at 10 and 1, taking on Jasmine Jazu Devicious, who comes in at 9 and 2. And this is going to be a very close fight. Now, Jasmine, two inches taller at 5'7. She's 34. Cortez, 29. No big deal there. Jasmine, 68 inch reach compared to 66 for Cortez. So that's a two inch reach advantage. They both fight right handed, they're both similar in activity. 3.6 significant strikes per minute uh, for Cortez, for Jasmine, 3.2, so it's close enough. And they both land just shy of a takedown per round. So takedown defense is going to be important, um, and that goes to Jasmine Vicious, but they're both in the 70s. Jasmine, 78%. Tracy Cortez, 71%. So I like this fight, man. And Tracy Cortez is 5-0 and uh, in a UFC setting if you count the contender series beating Melissa Gatto, Justine Kish, okay, to name a few, Vanessa Mello. Not big names, but she's beating who she's supposed to beat. On the other end, Jazzy Vicious is in the same boat. She only lost to Natalia Silva, who proved to be a decent fighter, but she did beat Miranda Maverick, Gabriela Fernandez, uh, and Kay Hanson. So, you know, this is going to be a good women's fight because they're both used to winning. I mean, they're, what, 9-1 in a UFC setting combined? So... Look out here, and there's nothing you can look at with the stats and say, hey, this one's going to win or that one's going to win. So, uh, you know, it just comes down to sheer gut instinct on this one. The, it's nearly even money. All the stats are the same, but I just like Tracy Cortez. I mean, she's 10-1. and one. She's undefeated in the UFC. She's going to find a way to win this fight. The American is looking very good here. This is America versus Canada, but I'm sticking with the American on this one. I like Tracy Cortez to win. Two out of three rounds, win by decision on a significant strike. She'll control the ground a little bit better uh, than Jazzy to Vicious, but expect a absolute battle in this one. But Tracy Cortez comes out on top to move to 11-1. Women's flyweight, Noche UFC. In the flyweight division at Noche UFC, you got Edgar Chaires coming in at 10-5, taking on Daniel Lacerda, who comes in at 11-5. So this is going to be an interesting matchup. Now, uh, Chayerez, one inch taller at 5'7". Uh, they're both 27 years old, so that helps. You know, when both guys are just entering their prime, it's going to make for an interesting fight. There's going to be a lot of energy. Both guys are used to winning, going to want to get a win here. Chayerez, one inch reach advantage. But Daniel Lacerda is more active, much more active. 4.8 significant strikes per minute to 2.5. So then when you get into takedowns, you think, okay, well, Chayerez is probably better at takedowns since he's a little slower and less active. No, it's the other way around. Lacerda lands like a takedown every other round. 
So at least according to the numbers, Lacerda has an advantage in this fight. But hold on a minute. Chair has lost to Tatsuro Tyra, tough fighter by decision. But he made it to a decision. Got dominated, taken down twice. You know, down by 36 significant strikes against Clayton Carpenter. Uh, same type of thing at Dana White's Contender Series. So Chair has struggled at both the Contender Series and the UFC. Lacerda is in the same boat. He lost to CJ Vergara by KO. Against Victor Altamirano, he got KO'd. He got submitted by Francisco Figueredo. So he's fighting some good fighters and lost to Jeff Molina. So he's 0-4 in the UFC all by finish. But the one thing that sticks out to me here is Lacerda is actually facing some stiff competition. He's got decent takedown defense. His opponent, just 44% takedown defense. And Lacerda leads in all categories. So this has got to be the one uh, that Daniel Lacerda wins. Now, Edgar Chaires is the favorite. I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I mean, they both have good competition. And I think uh, Lacerda is the underdog because they're looking at him like, oh, he's 0-4 in the UFC. He's getting finished by everybody. But he's fighting some heavy. He's fight, fighting some good fighters, man. So I'm going to lean towards Daniel Lacerda here and put the prediction on the line and believe in the underdog, the Brazilian, is going to come in and get the job done. I think this is going to be a long battle, a decision fight. Uh, even though both guys are capable of getting finished, Harris has an advantage when it goes to a decision. But if Lacerda can get past you know, the point of getting finished, he's going to win this fight. So I like Lacerda to get to a decision and sneak out a decision 29-28 unanimous or split decision in favor of Lacerda. He moves to 12-5 and five here. Flyweight division. Noche, UFC. In the middleweight division in Noche, UFC, you got Roman Kapilov coming in 11-2, and two, taking on Josh Fremd, who comes in at 11-4. Fremd, 6-4, 4-inch uh, height advantage over Kapilov. He's 29, Kapilov at 32. He's also got a 1-inch reach advantage. Fremd fights right-handed. Kapilov fights Southpaw or left-handed. Kapilov much more active. 4.7 significant strikes per minute to 2.7 for Fremd. So he's going to outpace him uh, by 30 significant strikes. That's a big factor. But Josh Fremd can land a takedown, at you know, about one over the course of three rounds. Will that be enough? Doubtful because Roman Kapilov has a 90% takedown defense. He's won three in a row against Claudio Ribeiro, uh, Punahili Soriano, and Alessi Di Chirico. Three in a row by KO. I like that. Fremd, 31% takedown defense. He beat Jamie Pickett in his last fight by decision and Cedric's Dumas by submission. But, you know, the bottom line is here, Roman Kapilov is just a better fighter. He's more active on the feet. He's got great takedown defense. He can keep the fight standing if he so chooses. And why wouldn't he when he doubles up Fremd in significant strikes? It's that simple. Either he gets to KO and keeps uh, the streak going, making it four in a row. Or he gets a decision victory. It's one or the other. Hard to predict on that part. But Kapilov is going to win this fight easily to move to 12-2 and two here. Middleweight division, Noche UFC. In the women's strawweight division at Noche UFC, you got Lupi Godinez coming in at 10-3. and three. She'll be the crowd favorite in this fight uh, against American Elise Reed, primarily because it's Noche UFC. It's all about the Mexicans on this day. Elise Reed, one inch taller at 5'3". They're both 30 years old. Reed, two-inch reach advantage. They both stand right-handed. But it's Godinez 
more active. 4.2 significant strikes per minute to three per minute for Elise Reed. So she's going to outpace her by 15 or 20 significant strikes. And she's probably going to dominate on the ground because she lands over one takedown per round. Speaking of Godinez, 81% takedown defense to go with it. Uh, has wins over Emily Ducote, Cynthia Calvillo. That's impressive by split decision. Ariane Carnalosi and Luma Lukbumi. She did lose to Angela Hill, uh, who has a lot of experience. She lost that fight by decision, but fought well. Actually led in significant strikes, 92 to 85, and still lost. Now, Elise Reed, 50% takedown defense. That's going to be a problem in this fight. But she did beat Jin Yu Fry by decision. Lost to Luke Boomi by submission. So we got a common opponent here in favor of Lupi Godinez. Uh, she also beat, speaking of Elise Reed, Melissa Martinez to win two of the last three. But this fight shouldn't be close. Lupi Godinez should come in here and absolutely dominate this fight. She's a favorite or the favorite for a reason. And, you know, sometimes you try to pick underdogs, but not when it's this obvious. Godinez wins, in my opinion, by decision to move to 11-3. and Women's strawweight division, Noche UFC. In the featherweight division at Noche UFC, you got Fernando Padilla coming in at 15-4, and taking on your boy Kyle Nelson, who comes in at 14-5. and So two guys with similar records. Padilla, two inches taller at 6'1". He's 26 years old. Nelson, 32. Padilla's got a 5-inch reach advantage. He fights right-handed. Nelson, switch dance fighter. Padilla so far has been impressive uh, in limited action, right? Nearly 12 significant strikes per minute. That's wild. Nelson, longer career in the UFC, 3.1 significant strikes per minute. But he can land takedowns like a little over one per three rounds. Now, Padilla, 100% takedown defense. Again, take these stats from Padilla with a grain of salt. He's got just one UFC fight where he beat Julian Juicy J. Arosa by first round KO. That was quite surprising. On the other hand, Kyle Nelson, 71% takedown defense, not bad, but he struggled uh, in the UFC, uh, beating Blake Builder, excuse me, by decision. He lost to Jai Herbert and Billy Q, a.k.a. Billy Quarantillo. He also beat Marco Polo Reyes uh, and lost a, a few other fights back in the day in 2019 and 2018, but that was a long time ago. So can Padilla really come in six years younger? Uh a guy in Kyle Nelson that's been here, done that, at least has experience. Not a great record, but UFC experience is a, has a lot to do with it. Yeah, Padilla's going to come in here and win this fight. Make no mistake about it. Very active. He can uh, defend the takedowns for the most part um, so far in the UFC and previously in his career he's shown he can do so. So I think, you know, he might struggle in the first round. It might be pretty close. Not necessarily struggle, but it'll be close. But he'll get it together in the second and third round. I'd like to see him get a finish, but even if he doesn't, he's going to dominate Two out of three rounds uh, to move his record up to 16-4 and four and come out with a unanimous decision victory, likely on significant strikes and takedown defense to get the win. In my opinion, featherweight division, Noche UFC. In the lightweight division, always the toughest division to make predictions here at Noche UFC. You got Daniel Zellhuber coming in at 13-1, taking on Christos Giagos, who comes in at 20-10. and 10. So this guy has 30 fights deep into their career now Zell Huber three inches taller at 6'1 he's just 24 Giagos 33 age is always a factor in these fights Zell Huber five inch five inch reach advantage he's also a switch dance fighter Giago stands right-handed Zell Huber 5.4 significant strikes per minute Giagos just 2.9 so big difference there but Giagos can land like one takedown on average per round 
Zell Huber, not so much. But Zell Huber has a 91% takedown defense. That's pretty impressive in three fights, winning two out of three against Lando Venata and Lucas Almeida. But he lost to Trey Ogden by decision. Now, Giagos, a.k.a. Spartan, the Spartan, I should say, 52% takedown defense. That'll be okay and get him through this fight because his opponent's not looking to get takedowns. Now, he beat Ricky Glenn in the last fight by KO, lost to Thiago Moises and Armand Sarukian by submission and KO, but good experience there. He beat Sean Soriano by submission and Carlton Minus by decision. So this is a tough fight to predict, man, and always the lightweight division is very, very tough to predict. But I like Daniel Zellhuber to get the win here. I mean, the guy is going to dominate on the feet, and he's going to defend the takedowns, what, nearly 90% of the time. So Giagos may get a takedown, and Zell Huber's got to, you know, either defend. He's going to get taken down once. He'll defend three, four, five others because Giagos is not going to want to stand and strike with him. Um, but he's got to get up from that one takedown that he does give up. If he can do that and escape the round, he's going to win two out of three rounds easily, if not all three. But again, these are tough uh, fights to predict in this division. Arguably the toughest division to predict, predict fights. But in my opinion, Daniel Zellhuber gets the win. He's 13-1 for a reason. But now he'll be 14-1, in my opinion, lightweight division, Noche UFC. In the bantamweight division at Noche UFC, the kid is back. That's right, Raul Rosas Jr. comes in at 7-1. He lost his last fight, but should not take this guy lightly. He's taking on Terrence Mitchell, who comes in at 15-3. And Rosas Jr. is a heavy favorite. He's winning shorter than Mitchell at 5'9". He's just 18 years old. I mean, it's crazy. Mitchell, 33. So it's a boy against a man, if you want to look at it like that. Terrence Mitchell, 7-inch reach advantage. He fights right-handed. Rosas Jr. Uh, is a switch dance fighter. In terms of the takedown game, both land more than one takedown per round. Rosas Jr. hasn't had to defend the takedowns. Uh, well, he's been taken down once and didn't defend it, so he's got a 0% takedown defense. He lost to uh, Christian Rodriguez in his last fight by decision, just got dominated, but before that he beat Jay Perrin by submission pretty quickly, and Mondo Gutierrez pretty easy by decision. Three takedowns to one, just controlled that fight at the Contender Series. Now, Terrence Mitchell lost to Cameron Simon in his first uh, UFC fight at UFC 290 by KO. And yeah, Terrence Mitchell's good, right? He's 15 and 3. The American is solid, but not in this situation. Rosas Jr. is going to want to get back in the octagon and prove that the last fight was a fluke and the future is very bright, which it is regardless of what happens. But I got this guy at number 20 on the do list for a reason. I like him. He's going to continue to work and continue to win. In my opinion, he dominates his fight, wins it likely by submission. To move to 8-1 here. Bantamweight division. Noche UFC. In the welterweight division in Noche UFC. You got Kevin Holland coming in at 25-9. Taking on Jack De La Maddalena who comes in at 15-2. And, and this should be a great fight. In fact, Maddalena is the favorite. Slightly. Kevin Holland, 4 inches taller, is 6'3". He's 30. Maddalena, 27. Kevin Holland has an 8-inch reach advantage. He fights right-handed. Maddalena can switch it up. Both righty and lefty. Madalena much more active. 7.3 significant strikes per minute to 4.1 for Kevin Holland. Uh, but the takedown game leans slightly to Kevin Holland. He lands like one takedown over the course of three rounds. He also has just a 53% takedown defense. 
uh, not that great. In his last fight, uh, no takedowns either way, but he did lead uh, or win the fight by submission over Michael Chiesa. That was an impressive performance. And before that, he took down Santiago Ponzinibbio by KO in the third round. Even more impressive. But he did lose to Steven Thompson and Hamza Chemaev, which everyone loses to Hamza, right? Madalena, 81% takedown defense. Uh, that'll even uh, the battle in the takedown game. This will be a stand-up strike and affair. More than likely, Madalena won his last fight against Hafez by split decision. For that, he beat Randy Brown by submission and Danny Roberts by KO. He also beat Ramazan Ami. And I like and respect Jack De La Madalena. I mean, he's won 15 to 17 fights, but I'm not going against Kevin Holland. This guy is a gamer, man. He shows up. He's ready to go. Other than Hamza, he went in there and respected him too much and tried to touch gloves with him at the beginning, and that's not what Hamza is trying to do. So he got taken down and submitted in two minutes, but that's why Hamza is my favorite fighter. And after guys fight Hamza, they tend to perform pretty well. It just makes them better after the fact. I like Kevin Holland to win this fight. I don't know how. I'm just going to be honest because normally I stick with the stats. The stats would tell me that Madalena is much more active, 7.3 significant strikes per minute, and can defend the takedowns. But I don't care. I'm going with Kevin Holland here in the co-main event on sheer heart and uh, really gut instinct. I like him to win and move to 20-6-9. But it's going to be a battle. Likely, uh, you know, two rounds to one unanimous decision. Maybe a split decision. But in my opinion, Holland wins here. Welterweight division. Noche UFC. In the women's flyweight division for the women's flyweight division title. You got the rematch. Alexa Grasso comes in at 16-3. and three, Takes on Valentina Shevchenko, she comes in at 23-4, and four, and this goes down at Noche UFC. Both fighters 5'5". Five, five. Shevchenko's getting older, right? 35 years old. Grasso, 30, right in her prime. Shevchenko's kind of sliding downhill slowly. Shevchenko's got a one inch reach advantage. She fights left-handed. Grasso fights right-handed. Now, what presented problems in the first fight was a striking by Grasso. 4.9 significant strikes per minute to 3.3. For Shevchenko over the career. Now, Shevchenko usually dominates the ground with nearly a takedown every round. But Grasso, despite the 61% takedown defense, uh, did a good job in the last fight. She gave up four takedowns, uh, but got up and was able to reverse positions. Now, Shevchenko was leading the fight, right? 87 significant strikes to 59, four takedowns to none, but it was still Alexa Grasso who got the submission. Uh, by uh, via rear, right? Before that, she'd be Vivian Araujo, Joanne Calderwood, a.k.a. Joanne Wood, Macy Barber, G. Young Kim. She hasn't lost since Carla Esparza back in 2019. Shevchenko, 72% takedown defense. Uh, before that, she'd be, before Grasso, before the law, she'd be Tyler Santos, Lauren Murphy, and Jessica Andrade and Jennifer Maya. So, you know, she's been in this situation before. Actually, no, I'm sorry. That was Nunez. So Shevchenko hasn't lost in a while uh, since Amanda Nunez back in 2017. And to me, this fight's going to play out a lot like the Nunez fight where Shevchenko's sliding downhill, but she's going to pull together enough to get the victory here. I mean, she was winning the last fight by 28 significant strikes, four takedowns to none. Maybe you don't even go to the ground against Grasso. Maybe you just keep the fight standing. You know, you're dominating on the feet. You keep it there. I think Shevchenko will look at those stats. Her coaches will, for sure. They'll know the situation. No, no need to necessarily go to the ground. 
where your opponent can switch positions pretty easily. So look for her to keep this fight standing and dominate in significant strikes and win three or four rounds out of five and get the belt back. That's what I think happens. It's all significant strikes. She gets to win, gets the title back here. In my opinion, women's flyweight division, Noche UFC.